Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. We're back with Ryan Walters in his book, Apollo 1, The Tragedy That Put Us on the Moon, just came out. Ryan, tell us why you believe the Apollo 1 mission helped get us on the moon. Well, the, the Apollo spacecraft was built by North American Aviation, and those contracts were awarded for Apollo in the fall of 1961. And they were building the spacecraft. And just to put it bluntly, um, by the time we get to 1966, 19, early 1967, that spacecraft was a hunk of junk. It was really, really bad. Okay. Uh, there were a number of astronauts and people in NASA that referred to it as a bucket of bolts. Um, it just it wasn't very good. A lot of, and of course, the subsequent investigations after the fire re- revealed that there were a lot of sloppy work, shoddy workmanship. NASA realized lowest uh, bidder. What's that? The lowest bidder. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah. Well, of course. Um, you know, we like to joke about that because what they did was. They, they they accepted bids from five, or, well, any aerospace company. There were five companies that bid on it. North American Aviation was one. The other one was Martin, uh, Marietta, Martin Marietta yeah. which is now uh, Lockheed Martin. And they were probably the top two. I mean, General Electric did as well, General Dynamics. But those were the top two. And when they and, then, and it goes before a valuation board of engineers, technicians, you know, people that know what they, what they're talking about. And when the initial evaluation was done, the Martin Company was first and should have got the contract. North, uh, North American Aviation finished second in the running. Was this quality or cost? What's that? Was it quality or cost? Um, which, what, what now? In terms of the bid, was it quality or cost that got it? Well, it was uh, – they, they, NASA engineers said that – uh, uh, they liked the proposal that the Martin Company had, so I would say probably quality. Um, at the time, NASA was spending you know tons of money. I don't think cost was much of an issue with them at the time. They were they accounted for about five percent of the entire federal budget. Wow, uh, about five billion dollars. That Huge. was in nineteen sixty. That's a lot of money then. It's um, a lot of money now. Oh yeah, today, well, well Biden's. A budget proposal six trillion dollars. Five um, percent of that's three hundred billion. So they would be like it would be like today having a three hundred billion dollar budget for NASA instead of what is it twenty three billion? It's, it's peanuts now. But five percent of the budget. So they were going to spend, and that was every year. And of course, um, NASA executives asked the the valuation board, and this is what the controversy starts to come in to reevaluate those scores. And take into account a company's uh, uh, experience with experimental aircraft. Uh-huh. Well, North American Aviation had built the X-15 rocket plane, which NASA had used uh, to fly to the edge of space. As a matter of fact, Neil Armstrong was a civilian test pilot for NASA and flown the X-15 to the edge of space. And so that bumped them up over Martin, and they got the, they got the bid. And, of course, I go into the politics behind that. Well, and of course, your original question was, why did it put us on the moon? Because the fire revealed everything that was wrong with that spacecraft. And could have happened again, had they yes. kept it the same. Exactly. If, if the fire hadn't happened, they would have tried to launch that spacecraft. Uh, many of the astronauts later contended, with trying to fly that spacecraft in the condition it was in, and they were working to try to, to get rid of all the 
the kinks. Don't don't misunderstand right. me. But right. They were convinced an accident was going to happen. Tom Stafford even said, we're talking maybe two or three accidents. And if we had lost a crew in space, that probably would have killed the program. At that time, the, that's right. At the public opinion polls at the time, were climbing people, were getting concerned about the cost. And, of course, after the fire, uh, you start seeing polls where a majority of Americans don't think it's worth it. So you can imagine what would have happened if we'd have lost a crew in space, how much bad, uh, much worse it would have been. Or going to the moon or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, of course, you've got liberal, mem- very liberal members of Congress that had already, you know, put their crosshairs on NASA. One of them uh, died here recently. That was Walter Mondale, senator from uh, Minnesota. They didn't like spending five percent of the budget on space. They wanted more money for education and social programs and LBJ's Great Society and all of that kind of stuff. And so they were looking for any excuse, and they tried to use the fire to get rid of the program. It was not successful, thankfully. But you can imagine if we had maybe a, a couple of accidents or losing a crew in space, I think that probably would have been enough to end it. So the fire actually revealed what the problems were. They investigated, they figured about, they went back, they redesigned that spacecraft, and what came out of the fire was a magnificent flying machine that flew to the moon nine times. That's amazing. Now, why did we need the Gemini Project, which was two astronauts, as opposed to going just from Mercury straight to Apollo? Well, the original concept was, was there was only two programs, Mercury and then Apollo. And those were conceived actually during the latter part of the Eisenhower administration. People don't people think Kennedy came up with Apollo. It was already on the drawing board under mm-hmm. Eisenhower. Eisenhower was a conservative. He, you know, he didn't want to spend any money. He had, you know, he was the Bay of he, Pigs was on the drawing board too before oh, Kennedy yeah. came in. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, if Eisenhower would have, let's say, he would have continued on in office, he did. He was real reluctant to go past Mercury. Now, Mercury, the goal was just to get a man in space, orbit the Earth. That was all that Mercury was uh, to do. And then Apollo was to go to the moon, but they realized, you know, there's a lot more to go to the moon than just flying out there, landing, and coming back. Yeah, exactly. And, and then uh, I'm it's not sure they even knew how to land at that time. They did. They, they, they had all kind of, you know, con- different concepts of how are we supposed to do this. And I go into the different concepts that they came up with. Um, um, but the the point is they realized we've got to have some skills here. And so they came up with Gemini, which is, I call it the bridge, and that's what they call it, it's the bridge between Mercury and Apollo. And it's essential. It kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Um, How many Gemini launches did they have? Uh, there were 10 missions. 10 of 10 them. missions, in, I think, in 20 months. It was a very ambitious program. Um, and it was pretty well flawless. The only real problem they had was Gemini 8, with uh, Neil Armstrong and Dave Scott, uh, if you've seen the, the the Neil Armstrong biopic First mm-hmm. Man, there's a there's a part of that movie about Gemini where it spun out of control. Yeah, and of course you've and got his abilities Armstrong. got it back in control. Yeah, he had a cool customer Neil Armstrong who was able to figure out a fire in the reentry rockets to to, to get it back stabilized. Um, but it was, it, but Mercury. I mean, Mercury was a success. Gemini. The, the goals of Gemini was long duration. Can I, can can we survive? You know, this is this is a primitive time. People don't think that humans can survive two weeks in space. Can we eat in space? Can 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 will your eyeballs focus in, because of the zero gravity? A lot of a lot of crazy things we think are crazy now 
Well, we, we didn't have answers then. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's part of what these guys were doing. They weren't just, uh, you know, having a good time flying in space. They were, they were test pilots. They were testing every aspect of it. They're still talking, Ryan, about going through the Van Allen radiation belt is dangerous for the yeah. uh, astronauts. Yeah, exactly. Um, of course, the, the explanation of that was, well, they went through it so fast it wasn't enough to soak in. And, of course, that's what a lot of the conspiracy theorists point to. Um, the Van Allen belts. Um, of course, it was a space program. In the early space program, our first satellite was able to detect the Van Allen belts. Um, so we, 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 we've learned a lot and gained a lot of knowledge from having an unmanned and a manned space program. So with Apollo 1, they didn't give up. They no. could have. They could have stopped the whole program. They could have. They, they kept moving forward, didn't they? And the right, if the right people would have been in charge, they would have given up. But... Or, or the wrong people. Yeah, all the wrong people, exactly. you got to remember 1967, on into 1967, pushing into 1968, because the program was stopped for almost two full years. And you think about it, we, Kennedy gave uh, us that's a long the time. goal right, of going and landing on the moon, returning safely by the end of the decade. You did that in 1961, we had one mission, and that was Alan Shepard's suborbital. We hadn't even orbited the Earth where he said that. I remember that. That was uh, his first year in office. He had won in 1960. Uh, that was his first year, and his speech was, you know, we choose to go to the moon. Just a couple of weeks after the Bay of Pigs. A <laughs> good way yeah. to get that off the radar screen. Quickly, um, yeah. And, of course, it shocked everybody. You know, people at NASA were shocked. Wait, whoa, what? Going to the moon? We hadn't even orbited the Earth. You're talking about going to the moon and back. Did he do that without the knowledge of anybody at NASA? Oh, no, he had already met with him. That's the thing, and I, I discussed that in the book as well. He'd already met I mean, they already worked out the dates and stuff. Oh, yeah. They, they okay. had sat and talked about it. He even asked him in a meeting, can you do this and when can you do it? And some even said we could do it as early as 1967 if we had the proper funding and the proper backing. Um, perhaps if it hadn't been for the fire, things would have worked better. Maybe we could have flown to the moon. But you got to remember, the lunar lander was the problem. That was really hard spacecraft for them to build, and it was not until 1969 that that was ready. So losing the two years after the fire really didn't hurt us as far as the timeline was concerned. We were actually pretty fortunate, weren't we, Yeah, on our moon missions? Yeah, very fortunate. We had the disaster with Apollo 13, but thank God everybody was okay. Right. And it showed you how good those machines were. Apollo 13 is a perfect example. Those machines performed uh, far out, you know, farther and, and better than they were ever designed. Oh my God! I mean, yeah, half the side of the spacecraft was blown off, and it still functioned and got them back. And after you left the command module, froze up for three or four days. They, you know, they fired it right back up. So th- th- that that's the point with Apollo One. Without that fire, you wouldn't have got that type of a spacecraft. It was that good. Um, it's tragic we had to lose three guys like that, three great guys, all-American heroes. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, that, what they would have told us that if they were alive today, they, and what they did say at the time was, if we die, keep the program going. Yep. We're test pilots. This is what we do. This is our business. That's what Roger Chaffee said. This is our business. They know that that could be the end result for them. Yep. They knew that every single time. Not only did they got into spacecraft, but when they were military test pilots, they knew every single time they got into a plane to test that plane, it could be the last time they got in one. Was there a commission set up after the uh, fire? 
Yeah, NASA actually set up their own internal investigation. I, I know a lot of people will probably say, well, they're investigating themselves. This ought to go well. And, of course, uh, Jim Webb, the administrator of NASA, met with Lyndon Johnson and the residents of the White House and asked to do that. And, of course, he was concerned about some kind of an independent commission um, it turning into some kind of media circus and it being sort of open-ending and never-ending um, sort of uh, type of a commission. He wanted to do it himself, let NASA do it internally. LBJ approved it. And... They did not sweep anything under the rug. The astronaut they put on that commission was Frank Borman. And Frank Borman was a no-nonsense, very tenacious guy. He wasn't going to put up with any foolishness at all. He, he ended up going to Eastern Airlines afterwards, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, he was yeah. the CEO of Eastern Airlines, exactly right. Uh, later commanded the Apollo 8 mission, uh, the first uh, flight out to the moon. We knew Edgar Mitchell, Apollo 14. Great guy, Ryan. Yeah. Great guy. He was in the UFOs and uh, loved the show, and uh, he was just a super person. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of astronauts that, that, that saw UFOs. Uh, Edgar Mitchell did, Gordo Cooper, uh, Jim McDivitt uh, yeah. also claimed to do that. Um, so, yeah, the UFO phenomenon, and I I'm actually wrote an article, I'm hoping to get it published this week somewhere about that. The astronauts that, that, that uh, had evidence of UFOs. Well, let us Jim know when McDivitt that story's done. Jim four, and he claims that the photographs that he took of it disappeared. He never saw them. What was the thing that John Glenn saw when he was up there? All these he saw the, little you know, twinkly he, things. Yeah. Yeah. They, he said it was fireflies and they're, you know, illuminated uh, flying around the spacecraft. And, and again, back to what I said, the, the primitive days, right? We didn't know. People thought, well, maybe there are critters that live out there. Of course, what they found out was it was wastewater from the capsule. When you go to the bathroom uh-huh. and you smell it, it yeah. freezes in the in the in they, that you know. And they shoot 200. it out, <laughs> and it, and they flutter around a little bit. So oh, I could I could see that. And when with the Apollo program too, do you remember the story where Buzz Aldrin needed to use a Bic pen to launch off the moon because his glove was too big and he couldn't fit it down into the the hole to yeah, push yeah, the button. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to do a little improvise, you know, improvising there. Uh, yeah, had to, had and whatever you do, don't tell Buzz he never went to the moon. Oh, yeah, yeah, you get punched. And you punch, yeah, he'll punch you right out. <laughs> well, you know, I know there's a lot of people, and there's a lot of interesting evidence of that. I've seen a lot of things, and it's, it'll make you think. But what I go back to is what Charlie Duke said, uh, Apollo 16 moonwalker. He said, if we faked it, why did we fake it nine times? Yeah, exactly. You, you know what probably fun. happened there? Pictures, because they had simulation pictures. They did it for TV. And it's possible some of those photographs got involved with the good stuff, with the real stuff, and people saw that and go, look, this one's fake. Yeah. Well, well, it was fake. It was simulation, but they were still there. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.